Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're here to get you over the hump, all right? Keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Westbarn underscore 72, at Walker Mail, at HTB underscore Josh, and most importantly, at Weston Walker on Twitter. The text line, let's see uh, what we got going here. Ray Ray says... The Hornets have only one keeper, and it's not Melo. He's injured too much. Wow. I guess he's talking about uh, Brandon Miller. And McAlpine Doug says, has LaMelo gained any muscle weight since he got drafted? So people going in <laughs> on the Hornets. Uh, yeah, some, uh, weatherman Mark called him Mr. Ankles. So did you want to? Uh, we can answer it. I, do you think he yeah, gained right. any muscles since um, he got drafted? <laughs> man, I remember, I remembered when – I came in um, the arena behind him one time when I was doing Hornets, and I just couldn't believe how small his waist was. Like I was like, "Yo, this he was is skinny. a small." So was Brandon. Guy. Um, I don't think he's gained a lot. If I was to guesstimate, I'd maybe say five, six pounds. Oh, muscle watch season. It usually happens in the off season. Yeah. It's media day. Mark Williams was the big winner of muscle watch season, and now he hasn't been playing in a long time. I think he's gained a little bit. The other conversation I figured was going to come up at some point. Maybe we have this later on in the week, but mm-hmm. Ray Ray saying the Hornets only have one keeper. I've seen that take start to come about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there's a contingency of people who would not be sad to see LaMelo Ball go if the Hornets did it the right way and got the right package back, I would assume. There's a contingency of people who definitely are all for uh, him being out of here. Does that not feel like C-Mac all over again? It does. You go go ahead and trade C, Go ahead and trade LaMelo to a different team and then watch them get to the postseason where he's not the only talented player on that squad. Like Christian McCaffrey is very good. Also not the only talented player on that squad. And then they have playoff success. LaMelo gets traded to an NBA team. There are two or three other guys to the point where you get to a postseason, win a series. And then hindsight allows us to completely forget what it was like when LaMelo was injured. And then we say, oh, Hornets shouldn't have. Same old Hornets. It's in their DNA. (laughs) Yeah, I bet the Warriors probably wish they would have drafted him over Wiseman at this point. He would have been really good for them. Would have been a wise decision. I saw you reach for the mic and I knew... I thought you were going to go double banger and say they would have been wise men to draft. Oh, wise men. You see, you should have said it. Well, you grabbed the mic. You <laughs> dove for it. You heard it. You reacted and you dove like there was a baseball hit in the hot corner and you tried to get that before it flew by you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to the campus. It's time for the campus. Kona. All right. Let's go back to the scene of the crime. North Carolina and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech gets a 74 74- 73 win. North Carolina only has one player score in double figures, and that is R.J. Davis uh, in this game. Carolina shot season lows from the floor and from the free throw line. That's another underrated aspect of this game. They only shot 52.9% from the line. Elliott Cadeau fouled out. Uh, Carolina had a season-high 22 offensive rebounds, converted them to 23 second 
second-chance points. So they're now 12-1 this season when it has more second-chance points. Uh, but at the end of the day, this was a loss for the Tar Heels. And who or what do we blame the most for this loss last night? Some people might go effort. I think I'm going to go miss shots. And so maybe these things are too tied together as well. Because I think hearing the criticism early this morning, I agree with it. It's watching North Carolina continue to shoot three-point shot after three-point shot. When Cadeau goes out and he fouls out and only plays 21 minutes in this game, you certainly would want more from him. He's somebody that can knife his way through the defense and get to the bucket at a real high level. Harrison Ingram has that kind of skill set. But missed a lot of shots in this game, which was he's not the most efficient shooter. If there is a flaw to his game, it's that. Well, I'm on. It's it's a very weird statistical season for him because he's actually shooting well from three this year, over forty percent. But the free throw percent, he's terrible at shooting free throws right now. Inside, we had somebody say, "Hey, Harrison is athletic. Why isn't he finishing at the rim?" And also, Cormac Ryan is somebody that has been missing a lot of shots here recently. So, if you have Ingram go three of fourteen, Ryan go three of fourteen, that's on the heels of Cadeau only playing twenty minutes and missing five of the seven shots he took. And then Armando is not the scoring presence that he has been the last couple of years. Then all that is going to spell out: you lose, and you only lose by one. Hell, you look at this box score. It's one of those things where you might think North Carolina would lose by even more points than what they did, seeing the shooting woes North Carolina Yeah, no doubt about night. it. Before you go, Fiddy, I was going to say, you know, I'll put this loss at the feet of Armando Baycott. Uh, he is the elder statesman on this team. He's the big, most nice. He has a size advantage over everybody he plays. He should be more dominant. And I know that we've joked about it all the time, but I say the lack of a bag, the lack of them <laughs> being able to come down and throw him the rock and get an easy bucket, it shows up when it matters the most, or it's been showing up uh, when it matters the most. When you look at what he's done as three straight games scoring in single digits, that's unacceptable for a player of Armando Baycott's stature and status. When you talk about a guy that's been in college five, six years, you're talking about a guy that's been playing and starting for the Heels for multiple seasons. This isn't a true freshman. Nine points, four of eight field goals. It's just like I said, it's not enough. And then you go to the second half. He only takes two shots. He's 0 for 2. Uh, one point and 14 minutes of play. Absolutely not. If Carolina wants to get to their goals and achieve what they want to when March comes and they really start playing the big dogs, Armando needs to play like a big dog. Peter, you got the. I just completely disagree with Armando Baycott being the reason they didn't win the game last night. He scored eight points in the first, what, 12 minutes of the game because they fed him the ball. I think it goes back to what Walker said. This isn't a great three-point shooting team. They ended last night shooting 36% from behind the three-point line. You shoot 28 of them, Jokers? Uh, uh, Cormac Ryan's a below 30% three-point shooter, and he shot seven of them last night. The only guy that has the green light that I'm comfortable letting it fly from deep is R.J. Davis because he's the ACC player of the year. I thought the absence of Elliot Cadeau in the second half, you talk about some officiating. Every single one of his foul calls that he got, he got called for last night were questionable. Like, they were probably called because Carolina was the road team. You put him on the court, I think Armando Baycott takes more than two shots in the second half. I think he could demand the ball more and be more aggressive saying, hey, I'm the fifth-year player, give me the ball. 
But I didn't look at last night and say, yep, Armando Baycott's the reason that Carolina lost that game. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the great bigs, and you, you think about what, what would Shaq say. You know what I'm saying? And you're a guy that you have been at Carolina five, six seasons now. You have been a guy that's been starting for them pretty much since you got onto campus. You're an All-American, All-ACC type of performer. These are the games and these are the moments where you need to show up. Now, I get necessarily not him not getting fed the rock as much as he should, but he's in a position where he can demand the basketball. And when he gets the ball, he should be putting it in the cup, plain and simple. I just don't see enough from him. He's not dominant enough for me at this stage. I feel like almost that he has digressed. I mean, I expected him to really have a dominant uh, last year in Chapel Hill. And it just has not been that way. Like I said, this is his fifth year. His scoring average is down uh, from 16 to 13. His rebounds, and eh, they're down just a little bit. Uh, I know defensively he's been bringing a lot to the table as far as blocks go. But like I said, Armando's a guy to me that should be 19, 20 points a game. All right, so a couple of notices here, right? I, I agree with Fiddy saying Cadeau being out probably hurt Armando and his presence offensively. I think we realize, that's one of the big notes here, I think we realize just how important Cadeau is to this team now. I always thought it was going to happen, and it did. Cadeau, at the beginning of the season, you're starting to allow him to get his feet wet in college basketball, figure out his role with another guy in R.J. Davis, who, remember, likes having the basketball in his hands. We learned all about that when Caleb Love was on the roster, too. But Cadeau and Davis fit a lot better together. The Armando stuff... I do think that guy has improved a ton defensively this year, and that matters. You also have a different identity from him. Here's the problem for me. What's okay to say about the way Armando is struggling, it's the fact that he's not taking double-digit field goal attempts this year. You say, okay, that's because RJ's player of the year. Harrison Ingram is an offensive force at times as well. There are just those shots maybe two or three a game are starting to go to other players, but you can't have his efficiency go down, and that's the issue for me. If you're talking about single point outputs from him at nine, five, and five, you're going eight field goal attempts, four against Florida State, six against Wake Forest. In the 10 that he took in that Wake and Florida State game, he only made four. Dog, you're supposed to be shooting like 58%, like around 60, and you're at 53. Just to put that in perspective, if the volume is lower than what it used to be, the efficiency should be going higher, mm -hmm. right? If the idea is that Armando is taking a step back because you have other offensive threats now, well, then you should be getting easier looks, and you should be slamming it home. You should be getting the basketball right where you want to, and maybe he's not every time. That's fine. But you can't be shooting your lowest mark since your freshman year when you were a baby in this. He's shooting 53%. The efficiency's gone down every single season. If you are a big man, especially that has seen the kind of success that Armando has his entire 18-year career yeah. in college basketball, had to get one joke in there. You can't be as inefficient as you are scoring down low right now, and that's my issue. And that's okay to say. Armando has a huge role on this team. They're not going to be a championship contender without his defense, but I also think he's got to be more efficient if you want to rely on them, especially when they're missing three-point shots. All right, as we close out the campus corner, uh, NC State last night, they held Miami to a season-low 36% from the field, 25% from three. It's important because Miami leads or did lead the ACC in field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage. DJ Horn had 24 points. 
Did last night's win restore some faith in the Wolfpack and is Miami the ACC's most disappointing team thus far? I think more of the story is the latter. The fact that Miami has vastly underperformed what their expectations were. And we saw the signs. We saw some of the beatdowns that they took. And then we thought, well, good coach that you have in Jim Laranega down there. You got at least a couple of returnees. And Ormir's been playing well this year. Miami's going to figure it out. But they haven't yet. NC State, we've seen roller coaster type seasons from them before. So I can't tell you that I'm all the way back in yeah. after a win against Miami it, because that's tough for me to justify both happening at the same time. I trust NC State now because they beat a bad Miami team compared to what they were going to do coming in. That doesn't make any sense to me. The story here is that the Hurricanes have vastly underperformed and NC State has to win like four in a row or beat the teams they're supposed to on a consistent basis before you can really trust the Wolfpack. Yeah, I'd say it restored a little bit of faith, not a ton. I mean, I think NC State in a big spot. They had lost three in a row. They had to stop the bleeding, so we'll see where they go from here. But I think it should restore a little bit of faith. A tough Miami team coming in. They found a way to get the job done. Uh, Miami, yeah, I think they are the most disappointing team at this point. Five and five, I thought they would be fighting. Uh, at the top of the ACC because the other teams that are below them can't really pick anybody to say, wow, I'm just really floored uh, at how they're playing. Fitty, do you have some quick thoughts on that? Um, I mean, for me to believe in State again, they got to they gotta go on the road and beat somebody. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Miami, I mean, I asked you, Wes, because I, I, I know you had the game. I've seen them a little bit. Like, I watched them get run out of the gym against Miami, or not Miami, Kentucky. Just don't understand why they're not where they probably should be. Um, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt because Larinaga is that dude. They're coming off a Final Four run. I don't think this is a tournament team. And really quick, guys, while I have you, the Seahawks are hiring Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their new head coach. All okay. right, well, there we go. That's what we thought would happen. We'll get to that uh, on the other side of the break. And also, how patient are you Panther fans out there? We want the text. We want it all. How patient are you willing to be with Dave Canales? That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You heard the breaking news. We didn't get the sounder, though. Should we bring that back? We should. All right. Let's go ahead and, and break that news let's one more time. Let's redo it. Let's rewind let's, it. Let's rewind it. We're hitting that button. Let's go back five minutes ago. What do we got, Fiddy? Well, if you missed the end of the campus corner, I didn't hit the news because I was trying to work it in before we went to break. 
The Seahawks have their new head coach, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald is going to Seattle. So no Dan Quinn. Of course, we knew Ben Johnson. Or we know Ben Johnson said no yesterday to Washington and Seattle, and uh, they get their defensive guy. But I think everyone thought Dan Quinn was a shoe in to get this position. Then you give up forty eight in a yeah. home playoff game, and. Now I got to deal with him for a third straight year. Right. Like it, it was Dan Quinn's job for the taking. It felt like just because of the past experience, having been there for the Legion of Boom days, you go to a Super Bowl at least with Atlanta, but then there were just too many bad defensive performances from a squad that is as talented as a bunch of teams out there. I won't mm-hmm. say number one, but they're talented enough to get the job done. And you got destroyed by Green Bay. They took their foot off the gas pedal in the fourth and they still almost hung 50 on you. Like that's as bad as it gets. And we're welcome we're welcoming him back. Well, you can't fire arms. him though. Like yeah, that, no, that's no, too far, no, right? no, yes you can. You yeah. give up 48 I I mean, in a home playoff game I, to a, to a to a rookie playoff quarterback. Wait. Fired. Wait. So is so you're saying if you get blown out in a playoff game it's okay to get fired? Yes. Okay. As as a coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Cause cause I, I, I know I where you, you were going. <laughs> and it, you know, apples and oranges. I'm just asking. Apples and oranges, but I'm, I'm yeah. just asking. I, I, I y'all couldn't ask Ron about it because like you can't do it. I would I would sacrifice a limb for Dan Quinn to be fired and Ron Rivera to be my defensive coordinator. Not only does this man think it's okay to fire him, which is at least up for discussion, this man is willing to get rid of his arm in order to go and get Ron yeah. Rivera to be, and I love Ron. It's just, I'm not giving up an arm for him. I'm sorry, Ron. Like, I appreciate you calling in. <laughs> Great interview yesterday. Loved having you on. I got to keep both arms, man. Like, I I, I got to keep both of my hands. So, if that's the case, Dan Quinn, because of a terrible end of the season, doesn't get the job. Mike McDonald, if I told you this a bunch, Wes, like, I, I wanted an offensive guy. I think an offensive guy needed to be hired here in Carolina, but I love Mike McDonald, man. That is a awesome play caller defensively. Great talent with Baltimore, but you also disguised a bunch of coverages. It was really tough for teams to figure out. And Wes, the thing about Mike McDonald is that he put defenses together to stop some of the best offensive play callers in the game. He was out here beating the best QBs in the game. You have a struggle the first two drives against Kansas City, but that defense buckled down. Like, that's the thing. Pat Mahomes is great. It was a phenomenal throw to MVS in order to seal that. You scored a couple touchdowns early, but how many points they scored? Like 19, 17, something like that? 17. 17, yeah, 19 would be weird. But 17 points. So Mike McDonald going to Seattle, a team that has been terrible defensively for a long time. They've been terrible. So now Mike McDonald goes there. You let the offense still, you know, try to hold that thing together. I don't think the offense was the problem, really. Maybe the rushing game. But I, I, I like this pairing a lot. I think McDonald's going to do well in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, you know, with these coaches, you just never know. I'm, I'm going to give them a 50-50 shot. Normally, I don't like the raw defense. but Well, if we're making uh, predictions, right? Okay. Like, everybody, I, well, no, it's for sure. If every, I make a prediction, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's not going to work out. I don't think it's because of him. I just think that Seattle's going to be in a spot that uh, Geno Smith is getting older. He's still playing good football, but I think he's also going to a division that, again, like I said, the San Francisco 49ers are there, but that's not why I'm saying it because the Rams are on the come up as well, and I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a team that's going to be uh, on the rise next season. They're one of my sleeper teams. Uh, all depending on what they do, but I think that's going to be a tough division. I think it's going to be more 
uh, for him to bite off, and he's going to have to go and find those guys that are going to make his defense uh, what it needs to be because this Baltimore defense was built well. It, it was built very strong up the middle like you should with a defense with Matabuke. I uh, hope I didn't mess up his name, but Justin Matabuke coming out of nowhere, becoming a uh, second-team all-pro as an mm-hmm. interior lineman. You got Patrick Queen in the middle, and you got Kyle Hamilton that's looking to be one of the best safeties in the game. No, he already is one of the best safeties in the game. So it's a well-built defense, well-designed. If he can go to Seattle and get that done, uh, and they should have some success. The offensive weapons are there. You keep Kenneth Walker healthy. Um, but, yeah, if I was to gamble right now to pick, do I think it's going to work out? I'd say no. All right. But it, I do like the hire for sure. There are other circumstances that allow it to work or not. But I, I do like what Mike McDonald did with Baltimore. We'll see if it can work in Seattle. I saw Josh Norris put this tweet out after the McDonald hiring was announced. Who would have thought the commanders would be in this position? Yes. So now... You don't get Ben Johnson when you were favored before. Maybe even anybody they was said fired. people were on the way. They Bye. had their officials yep. on the way to Washington. Uh, and so, <laughs> commanders don't get Ben Johnson. And then, I don't know how much they're scrambling. But remember, they still go to Detroit because they want to interview Aaron Glenn also. How serious is it? I don't know. But they want to interview Aaron Glenn, so they still go to Detroit. Yeah, because they used the word that they were uh, very anxious yep. to talk to him. So now, you know, you... You can say all you want to, but now you can't redirect the flight and say, oh, well, no, let's go talk to Mike McDonald. McDonald goes to Seattle, and it just like in free agency, we've mentioned it a couple times, they don't let that guy leave the building. And so they get a job, they get the deal done before they go their separate ways, and now we'll, we'll talk next week. No, you don't. Isn't this so Washington, though? This is just so Washington, the way this is playing out. They wait forever. You think this may be Carolina's thinking, even though Canales is a quality candidate? Do you think this, this is, is their thinking? So they're like, hey, man, we don't want to get stuck holding so the bag. That's the question, right? Terry Rozier is shaking his head, by the way, at Washington, saying it's in their DNA. They just can't escape <laughs> it. So with Carolina, that's the question. It, I, I've seen both sides of this. If you're a Panther fan, are you mad at Carolina? Because, hey, wait. If Ben Johnson is out here asking for $15 million a year reportedly at first, other teams balked at the asking price. And Washington still wanted Ben Johnson, but they didn't want to pay him, I guess, $15 mil. Maybe they were going there to negotiate. But Ben said, look, I want to win a Super Bowl too. I'm in a good situation as it is right now. And if you're not going to pay me this amount of money, I'll just go back to Detroit and go to the playoffs and be successful again. So David Tepper... Being as rich as he is, Panthers fans could be upset at David Tepper for not just spending the money to go get Ben Johnson. Or do you think that this was a shrewd move on the Panthers part saying he's going back to Detroit? Let's just go ahead and get our guy now. Like, Where do you fall more so on the side of the fence, Wes? Is it better that they got this done? Or now do you think, all right, well, Tepper, if you really wanted him. You could have paid him 15, 16, whatever, and gotten your man all along. Yeah, I mean, I like that they were decisive about it, uh, as I said. And people said that, oh, nobody else was talking to Canales and things of that nature. But I just think that when you have a candidate that you know for sure is going to be your guy, then go ahead and get him. Because the money that Ben Johnson was asking for, yeah, he's been sterling with the Lions the last couple of seasons. But, I mean, we just see Jim Harbaugh is getting $16 million a year from the Chargers, and he's been to a Super Bowl, and he's had 
Uh, he had a lot of success in the NFL his first go-around. So you're going to pay a first-time guy that's a coordinator uh, just as much as guys at the top of the sport. I I would balk at that as well. So um, I think for the Panthers, they saw a guy that, that fit everything that they needed. We talked about the division aspects of it, how you can hurt your uh, division opponent. But also there were a lot of good qualities there that we've talked about, what he did with Baker, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they felt strongly that they had found their guy, and they went out and got him. Well, and I think that's how you should operate. Well, and I know we all argued about the money stuff or we talked about how bad it would be to pay him as a fan. I don't care as a coach or as an owner, I should say, then. All right. I guess I understand it a little bit, but that's always what's separated Tepper from some of the other owners. Like Tepper is willing to go give Matt rule a seven year contract without having done anything as a head coach in the NFL. That changed with Frank Reich, but also it's a very different situation. You're asking Matt Rule to leave a winning organization or winning program at Baylor, and you're asking Frank Reich to get on up out off the couch and come back because he got fired. So very different situations. But David Tepper just deciding to go ahead and lock Dave Canales in. You know what? I like this too. Like I, I would have been cool if you paid $15 million to Ben. I don't care. But with Canales being hired, it just you're just not playing with anybody, man. And I don't want to do that. Hey, look, uh, oh, yeah, no, we're real interested. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, ho- hold on one second. We'll, we'll wait till. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. If you like Dave Canales, go ahead and hire him. It seems like the steps afterwards are the kind of steps that I want this organization to make by letting Canales make the hires he wants to. Now we have alignment. Thank God. That's what we need. I didn't realize how badly I want. I knew it was important. I didn't know how important it was until I saw what transpired this past season. But now you have alignment all across the board, and to boot, you stole a bunch of coveted pieces from Tampa Bay's organization. So I'm with it. I, I'm totally fine with it. I did see somebody. Go ahead. You had one. Oh, other I was just gonna say too. Not to mention, we hadn't discussed that. Uh, you know, Bobby Slowick going back to Houston. Great minds think alike. I was going right to it because Brian writes in on the text line. The easy answer for Washington is to go after Slowick. However, yesterday done. it was reported by <laughs> Albert Breer. Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick has agreed to a new deal that will keep him in Houston. We're seeing a little bit of a power shift for these guys. I would agree 100%. That's exactly what I thought. Continue. These these coordinators, Ben Johnson, people so often will tell you to strike when the iron's hot. That's the, the old adage to tell some of these coaches that might miss out on their opportunity, and that matters. But if you feel confident in your situation – like Ben Johnson, he went back and what only got better. And Detroit's on this weird, like we're on a mission thing. And so I playing for that guy and Dan Campbell, I could see why you don't want to leave. Same thing with D'Amico. If Bobby Slowick is so young, you've got so many years ahead of you. You're dealing with CJ Stroud, who looks like an absolute star. You think Houston's only going to get better. So, all right. It, my options are Washington. It's I like having the number two overall pick. They've got some nice outside weapons. I like Terry McLaurin. We'll see what happens with Curtis Samuel and free agency, whatever. There's a reason to say that that might be a good job, especially with new ownership. But I know this is a good job, and maybe I don't even think I'm ready. And I don't want to jump into anything that I'm not ready for while I'm successful at the job I have right now. So let me cool. I'm good. I got enough money. I'll still get that money. It's not going anywhere. If I get injured... It's not like <laughs> I'm losing it like a player not deciding to go to the NBA and staying in college. Like, I don't have to risk any injury, right? 
So it makes all the sense, Wes. Like, these guys have leverage now if they just want to go back to their old situation. 100% correct, because that's what I thought of, too. I said, I can't remember a year. I mean, most seasons, coaches, when they're being courted, they go and take those jobs in more cases than not. But you're starting to see coaches start to stay where they are because Gerard Johnson, too, he went back to the Texans as well. And he had that unfinished business mantra because he was being pursued for offensive coordinator jobs. And I think some of these coaches, especially I think the Panthers bringing it back around to Carolina, I think some of these coaches can see just how volatile the position can be. And I think it's more volatile than ever. We've seen coaches – get fired after a year or two years in some cases. But I think now more than ever, when public pressure from social media and all of these things that these owners listen to, they make moves, I feel like, quicker than ever. And I think some of these coaches are looking at that and saying, man, I'm not dealing with that. I got it good where I'm at. I'm making plenty of money. I've got a chance to sit back and choose my job, to Fiddy's point again, to where if you're a guy like Slowick and those guys, if some of those big jobs come open again, You can take it. Now, what's going to be hilarious is if Washington tries to, oh, we always liked you all along to Bill Belichick. (laughs) Hey, Bill, what's (laughs) up, baby? You remember us? We've been waiting on you. Yeah, man, we've been in D.C. for a while. Yeah, we thought, you know, we thought thought you wanted to go to Atlanta. That's why we didn't really talk to you. We're cool, right? We're cool. And then Bill Belichick says, now this TV thing is actually pretty cool. And now you got to go get somebody else. That's the interaction I want to see. It sounds like stuff I used to make up to women when I was dating, and I hadn't (laughs) talked to them in a while. Mm. Girl, I thought you was... I, th- I thought you was doing that. I I mm-hmm. didn't even know. That, that's mind. why I hit you up, you know? What's the best excuse that you got away with that was believable? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I am pretty good at finding stuff that, that is believable. Like, oh, not, no. like I'm a capper. I don't like to cap. But, you know, I just try to take some type of situation and say, you know, I thought maybe, you know, you were. Or I didn't want to be sweating you like that. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to approach it, you know? Okay. I wrote okay. all of those same, down. Same thing. Same thing. Um, I was going to mention, you know, you mentioned the, the, the age shift. That's playing a role, right? Because these, these, these coaches are getting so much younger. Like when I was growing up, coordinators were in their mid to late 40s, early 50s getting head coaching jobs. A lot of Norv Turner, Vic Fangio, which happened, I guess, somewhat recently, but right. Yeah, so there was a sense of urgency for those guys to get their head coaching gigs. You're seeing 36-year-olds get get co- or get or these opportunities left and right. So maybe that's where they know they're going to be a head coach someday, and they understand that they're not going to go away. I mean, unless – I mean, even if Ben Johnson misses the playoffs, he's still going to be courted. So I, I think the fact that the, the, the age has shifted 10 years younger – they're a lot more aware, and they're not going to put themselves in a situation to be a one-and-done head coach. Yeah, exactly. Taking a job when you're not ready to because the pressure is immense. I mean, these these teams, these fan bases expect you to come in and be a miracle worker from day one. So the other thing, too, is think about the coordinators that are turning down these job opportunities. It's at the beginning of something special. With Bobby Slowick, you have time not only because you're so young, but also so is the quarterback that just balled out this year. You also have a head coach in D'Amico Ryans who looks like he's he's got the defense taken care of. So all you got to do is worry about the offense with a rookie like Tank Dell. Nico Collins isn't moving on in free agency. Laramie Tunsil's still going to be there. Hell, we might get better. That's the idea because the offensive line is going to be better. Ben Johnson, what are you worried about there? Jared Goff isn't going anywhere. The offensive line, they're going to be intact. Wide receiver position, I, you might be able to upgrade. At wide receiver, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, because guys are going to be wanting to come down there to play with CJ. But the guy that did take the job, Mike McDonald, one, 
you're talking about a different ball game with guys on the defensive side. The other thing is, what have we known in the NFL? It's really hard to predict how good a defense is going to be year in and year out because they don't control stuff. It's the offense that allow uh, that is the controller. And the defense has to play to however the offense is playing. They get to go out there and run whatever play they want to. It might be stupid, but they still get to run it and then try to put themselves in advantageous situations in order to succeed. So if you're Mike McDonald and you have defensive players that, all right, maybe some of them are leaving. I don't know the free agent position as well for Baltimore. Oh, how dare you? But (laughs) you got to pay a lot of dudes on that front, right? Like Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, his payday is coming up. What's what's the cornerback situation? Marlon Humphrey, I imagine he's going to get big money. Roquan Smith is getting money. You have to replace Clowney, who had a great year, but you can't bank on that every single season. As I said, the Matabuki kid just came out of nowhere and became an all-pro at nose guard. So, McDonald, this is the time. Like, you you can't chill in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And and that's what's interesting. The other guys have leverage because they know it's cool back home, but McDonald's like, yeah, if I stay here again, then I'm not going to have near the control these offensive guys do. And maybe, too, he just felt like – it was his time, and maybe he felt like that he was ready. It could have been just that, that he said, hey, I got an opportunity to take a job. Seattle seemed like a good fit for him because it's not like he's going to a team where the cupboard is bare. I think he looked at it and said, hey, I got an offense right here that I feel like I can win with. I make a few tweaks here and there, and I think he felt like with his defensive expertise, because we talked about it yesterday, how you said – the teams that have those veteran quarterbacks where they've seen it all, done it all. Well, Geno Smith's one of those guys. He's played in so many offenses. He knows he's at that point now as a player to where even if a coach comes in with a different offense, he knows that the 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 jargon will be maybe a little bit different, but he still knows the basis of most NFL offenses. So he's like, I got a veteran guy. Because Geno Smith looks like he can play another four or five years, no question about that unless he, you know, takes a severe injury. So he's just like, hey, I can go to this team with veteran playmakers, got a veteran quarterback. Now all I need to do is get this defense right, and we can compete. Well, and the other thing we can end on, who is the other guy that left? It's the very head coach here in Carolina, Dave Canales. Why? Well, he's older than Slowick. He's older than Ben Johnson. He's 42, but he's still young enough. So that's only so true. But what kind of consistency can you bank on in Tampa? I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be the quarterback next year. And based off Baker's history, you can't bank on that guy giving you two good years in a row. Yeah, he'll be the quarterback next year because they're going to pay him to be. And Mike Evans, not a foregone conclusion that he's going to stay. And even if he does, the guy is over 30. Like, I can't expect him to go for 1,300 yards every single season. And so it's just a little bit more uncertain with some of these teams where guys did leave that franchise in Baltimore and in Tampa Bay, where you know what you have with Detroit right now and you know what you have with Houston. Well, also, too, for a dude like Canales, like everybody talked about, nobody else was talking to him. You get offered a job and you're sitting there, as you said, age can play into it because you have so many young coordinators. Who knows who's going to come up next year? There could be some 32, 33-year-old that comes up next year that people are going to be looking at. Because I guarantee you, if the Bills have a great season, Joe Brady's name is going to be back in the mix again for Mm -hmm. coaching jobs. Uh, There's always going to be some new hot young coordinator. So I think a guy like Canales is saying, too, hey, man, these these young guys are going to come up, too. So let me go ahead and take this job while I got the opportunity. Well, and Joe Brady, it's not like he didn't try to strike while the iron was hot. He tried. He just didn't get any of the jobs. He was just a part of the interview process. Gets fired and now has one pretty good season, half a season with Buffalo, and he'll probably be in the mix again. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Here we are with a bunch of coaching talk. What about general manager talk? 
Dan Morgan, is he set up to be successful? We'll get to that coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. fun sports game inside the planet kia studios we want you guys to play along with us we were thinking of the most coordinator like coordinators in nfl coordinator history who are the names you think of when you think straight up oh yeah hardcore coordinator never a good head coach if you were a head coach you had a short stint but you are definitely an oc or a dc 704-570-9610 i will start the list by mentioning North Turner, who got this game started in my own head. If you look at his history, yeah, I know he coached the Chargers, and I guess he wasn't a terrible coach for them, but that dude play, called plays for a bunch of different squads. San Fran, remember at the end, it was Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. Here he was in Carolina. So I'll start at North Turner. Wes, who's your answer that you wanted to roll? Uh, with? I would go with uh, recently fired, uh, but then brought in to Philly, Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is always the defensive fixer for a lot of teams. And I read yesterday, it was interesting. They said a lot of the Miami players were caught up in the Miami lifestyle, and that was the disconnect with Fangio (laughs) and the players, and that's why they didn't necessarily care for him. So I guess Vic wasn't down to go to Coco's and – yeah, you know, lived the Miami life. Oh yeah, he wasn't going to live every weekend. Yeah, he wasn't going to live mm, every weekend. <laughs> that's tough. Fiddy, what's an answer? For, I, 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 you gave us one answer, and it was a very good one during the break. Uh, for me, growing up, it was the best answer, Dick LeBeau. Yeah, that's so, yeah. so that guy good. was like '88, still coordinating the Titans' defense. He might be on your Mount Rushmore of coordinators. Is that fair? Yes, I think certainly. Dick, I think Dick LeBeau is probably the first face that you etch out in that mountain. Another one that I might go with. What about Jim Johnson? Mm-hmm. I, a cowboy fan over there, not a fan, but mm-hmm. Jim Johnson was there forever. And that was one I think we could roll with that also might just be on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, he's up there. All right. We, we have Mel from Charlotte writing in Dom Capers. Yeah. yeah. Dom Capers is definitely <laughs> yeah, we a like, name. Yeah. We, we like that one. Of. We like that one. Jim Thorpe said Dan Henning also. Dick LeBeau. Dan Henning is a good one. Brian said one that we brought up too. Wade Phillips. Bomb. Oh, um, well, we got some guys. It's going now. Spagnola. Oh, that's a for the great Chiefs. one. Oh. Spagnola. Spags um, is so good. Mel from Charlotte. Buddy Ryan for, you know, you old heads. Buddy Ryan. But, yeah, and he was the head coach for a decent amount of time. And then his son, uh, Rob Ryan. Rob is good. Yeah. Rob is, you're right. Because Rex is the head coach. Rob is the coordinator. Oh, what's another one? Uh, my man with the bounties. Yes, that's oh, exactly what I was thinking about. Oh, my man with the back. Oh, He's definitely a Greg, defensive Greg, fixer. Oh, Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Greg Williams. What He's happened definitely. to Bob Ryan, by the way? 
Well, Rob or Bob? Bob oh, yeah. Ryan is still, I think, doing you some media about stuff. Rob? Rob, I think, is just chilling, man. Yeah, he we haven't been back in the league for a while. Yeah, where's Rob at? We need, we need to do a wellness check on Santa Claus. We do. <laughs> I, I think Chad from Shelby has a great one. Jack Del Rio. Yes, uh, he was. But. So good. Uh, yeah, you can remember him from Jacksonville days, but he's been a coordinator for a while. 980 has a great one as well. Monty Kiffin. Got two back to backs. Mm. Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin. Oh, for sure. A lot of Wade Phillips and Monty Kiffin rolling in on the text line. Lots of people writing that in. Another one I don't think that we named. Oh, no, we did name them all. Dude, this 803 doesn't know who Dick LeBeau is. Tell me you haven't watched the NFL in the last 25 years without telling me you haven't watched the NFL in um, the last 25 years. Romeo Cornell. That's pretty good. Charlie Weiss. I, I have one that I'm surprised Wes didn't bring up after that was like the first big show debate. You guys remember Mike Marks? Oh Mike yeah, Marks. Mike Marks. The the only the genius, the only <laughs> one that Wes was willing to tab as a genius, and everybody else is just doing like normal things with a little bit of spice on it. Mike Marks is a great answer though for this uh, for this uh, question that we have. Uh, man, it's so many it's so many good ones to think of. I'm trying to think too. I'm trying to think of offensive guys too, because you said North Turner. That's that's definitely probably number one at the top of the list offensively. This one hits a little differently from Rock. Barn, Eric Bieniemy. Yes, oh, that's uh, that's tough for him though because he's not getting a job out here, and so Eric Bieniemy being only coordinator territory. Tom Moore is good from the Peyton Manning days. Yeah, Tom Moore is yes. Matt Patricia, although that that one's just. I was about to say, could we put him in the mix as well? Because I think to play this game, you have to have been good at it, right? Like I guess Patricia. You could say that he might have been good with New England, but Bill Belichick is the mastermind behind that defense. Yeah. And what has Patricia done outside of running a defense that was already good with Belichick? So I think you have to be good at this. See, I agree with Thick Doink writing in Sean McDermott. I know he's a head coach of Buffalo, but when I think Sean McDermott, yes, I think Buffalo. I also think D.C. and Philly and Carolina first. That's just how I grew up watching what Sean McDermott was doing. And he was having that coordinator spot for a long time. Like he was there in Philly for a while. And then here he was in Carolina a long time before he finally gets that job in Buffalo. Yeah, it's, it's fair. I'm with you. I'm with you, thick doink. I just wanted to say that for Fitty to laugh again. Last one, yeah. have to name one of the best names of all time. Well, Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, uh, see, yeah. I, I was going to say it, but I was going to, you, you thought I would just say it just so I could say his last name and then you go and say it. Not Jim Bob Cooter is okay to say. Did we say Wade Phillips and uh, Jim Schwartz? We did. We did not, we did not say Jim Schwartz, uh, Schwartz, though. We did say Wade Phillips. Oh, and then I'll throw in uh, Ernie Sampezi. Okay. Ernie Sampezi mm. is a good one. Yeah, we had some Steve Wilkes mentions in here. That one's also tough. Leslie Frazier. I like Leslie Frazier a lot. Yeah, That's Leslie a, Frazier in was fact, good. In fact, what about Leslie Frazier? Carolina? Perhaps he could be the D.C. here. Because if I remember his scenario, too, I felt like that he would always be a guy that would get interviewed. But did he get a job one time? Leslie Frazier? Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. That's right. Yeah, he okay. coached Minnesota for a while. Right. Yep. Rob Chudzinski is a good one. We've got some great answers in on the text line. 704-570-9610. I'm hoping that with some of these coordinators having the success they did, we can think of Dan Morgan as a good GM here in Carolina. I At least I hope so. I... You got Dave Canales. You got what seems to be a Dan Morgan type hire with them having worked together in Seattle. And now Dave Canales is getting to hire whoever he wants to be a part of his staff. Do you think that Dan Morgan right now is set up to be a successful GM? Or Wes, is it as simple as no, because David Tepper is the owner 
And he doesn't earn the benefit of the doubt with how he's operated the last six, seven years. No, I think he is. I think that it looks like he's one of Tepper's guys. So I think that Tepper's going to give him uh, the freedom to do the things that he needs to do. So um, to answer your question, I would say, yeah, I think he's set up to be successful because of the comfort level David Tepper has with him. That's not to say that David Tepper won't micromanage him, but I think he trusts Dan Morgan. All right, so if... David Tepper trusts Dan Morgan to do the job. Then I want to play this Mike Lombardi soundbite after hopping on with Mac and Bone yesterday because he thinks that Dan Morgan did a good job convincing David Tepper that, hey, all those bad picks that we've had the last few years, that wasn't me. I don't know how Dan can absolve himself from the decisions of Scott (laughs) and what has happened in that building since he got there. But obviously, he did a good job of, A, convincing the search firm that they hired from the outside that he wasn't involved. And, B, you know, he convinced Tepper and his wife that he wasn't involved. So it's a fairly good, you know, he might might have a book in him. He might have a book in him on how to do it. I I applaud him for it. I really do. I was never that talented. Oh, if we play play Mike Lombardi sound bites, you know it's going to be fire. He's going to bring the heat on whatever he has. He is not playing any game. No, because we all remember last year, and I went at him too. I think some of the reasoning was stupid, okay? But Mike Lombardi did say Frank Reich wasn't going to work out. Eventually, it did not work out. He was right. Now here he is saying, I don't know how Dan Morgan is able to step to the side and dodge this criticism for the right draft picks. Are you going to question the great Mike Lombardi, Fitty? No, I, I... I hear where he's coming from. Like Dan Morgan, Scott Fitter are their best friends. Like he was his right hand man. It's like if something were to happen, you know, between Flounder and I. Like, but and, and, and like you guys disagree a lot. Though. You know, like I got fired and he got promoted. You would have concerns because of how close we are. And so there's reasons to be concerned that this man, like they're best friends. Wait, hold on though. I need to stop you. <laughs> well, hold on because. I need to stop you. If you were saying if Flounder got fired and you got promoted. Oh, no, no, if I got fired, let's be honest. If anyone's getting fired, it's me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I it's, thought, it's me. I thought it was Flounder getting fired, you getting promoted, and then you said that would look weird. I would say yes, but that's because it feels like the call was coming from inside the house. The inside job wow. that you would have taken out in order to get rid of your friend. So you could be in prime time drive, baby, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And it all went according to plan. That's what I would be worried about. And I didn't know if you were making the parallel no. of Dan Morgan forcing Scott Fitter out so he could be the GM of the team that he once played for. Now I'm starting to question you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fitty, I, I, mean, I can't say I put that past you. <laughs> and and I, and love I y'all too, guys. And I can't question Dan Morgan. Love y'all for too. It. What were you making of uh, Fitty's point? Unless you, I, I went conspiracy with it. <laughs> but ultimately, what do you have to say about? I guess Dan Morgan being just a little too closely involved with Scott Fitter. Yeah, according to I Lamar. said that from the beginning. I felt yeah. like, man, if you're truly going to clean house, that you need to get rid of everybody associated with the previous regime because you don't know how much influence, if any, that Scott Fitterer will have. If that's your boy, you're going to talk to him and he's going to offer insight. Not that it may be solicited. It's just guys shooting the crap, just talking to each other. And he may say, yeah, you know, uh, I I don't think you should do that. Or I don't think you should do this. Or you should do this. Or you should do that. And you know, that type of stuff will stick in your subconscious. So yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily want that, but that's not to say that Morgan can't step in and do a good job because we don't know how much, that Morgan and Fitterer maybe could have fought while Fitterer had the job. Maybe they did yeah. disagree on a lot of stuff. But so that's my qu- that's what I would ask to Mike in response. I would say, wait, how many guys did you have in your camp that disagreed with you 
and then you just decided to go a different direction. Yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that all of you are going to be on the same page. And so did did you ever decide to just go with your gut and leave whatever other opinion was out on the doorstep? Like I, that's what I wonder. So I, I don't I don't agree with Mike Lombardi, but apparently when that guy speaks, it's going to be fire, and he's just telling you what's going to happen. He's a bite, man. He's a bite. All right. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I just set up a bad NFL draft taking place uh, this upcoming off season here as we get to April and May. Coming up next, it's the Live Wire with Josh Fitty Marlowe. Live Wire Connect. We're going to repurpose some of the great audio we got from Greg Olson and Ron Rivera yesterday at Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ.